and welcome to NSTA The Bus Stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I'm Kurt Mackison, Executive Director, and joined today by another Kurt. Kurt Warner with us, the Director of Sales, Property and Casualty, Keystone Insurance Group. But you may know Kurt Warner as a college football Hall of Famer, the Penn State Nittany Lions, also played in the NFL for the Seattle Seahawks. So, Kurt, it's good to have another Kurt at NSTA The Bus Stop. So welcome. Well, thank you very much, Kurt. I like that name. Uh, we both fell up with the team. So, I mean, hey, we, we've, got the, uh, we've got the right chemistry going on already. Uh, and yep. thanks for uh, bringing me on as a, as a part of the bus stop. Well, our, our pleasure. Now, you know, I, we, we talked about how to start this podcast, and I, and I think – you know, the best way is to talk a little football, and then obviously you have life after football, which we'll get into. But, you know, initially, I, I think your video from NFL Films, you know, summarizes some things uh, really well. One of the things okay. it says at, at the beginning, it says, before there was Kurt Warner with a K, there was <laughs> Kurt Warner with a C. And I, I think that's perfect because, you know, you are, I know you're too humble to say this, but you are a college football Hall of Famer. You were the third overall pick in the 1983 NFL draft. You had, uh, you know, a stellar career, you know, you know, on a college level, uh, into the pros. Um, but let me just start with asking you, you know, this question because you came, um, you played high school, uh, football in West Virginia. Was it ever yeah. your goal at that time to play NFL football? Was that something, you know, cause kids grow up and that's, you know, yeah. always in their mind, like, I want to make the NFL. Was that how you started as well? Uh, no, not at all. Now, let, let me take you back. Let me take you back a step or two. Uh, I, I grew up in West, by God, Virginia. I'm a, I'm a West Virginia guy. And uh, my family uh, were coal miners in the southern part of West Virginia. And it, it appeared to me for quite some time uh, that I was destined for the coal mines. And I I don't know where, I don't know when, I figured out that, you know what, maybe I can get out of here from an athletic perspective because surely to goodness, I wasn't the smartest guy in the classroom. And, uh, but I was blessed with a, with a, uh, with a lot of talent. I had enough competition around with family members that I kind of got schooled quite a bit and uh, learned to uh, play uh, regardless of whether or not I we got beat that one day playing basketball or baseball or whatever we were doing uh, to figure it out. So that's kind of how I was, uh, that's kind of how I view things, but I never really thought about the NFL until I I got into I got it into Penn State, got a chance to evaluate my talent versus the other guys who were extremely talented, and then I was thinking, well, I, maybe I got a shot. I don't know. And having a a great organization, a great football team, a great coach, and all of the tools that you need, um, it does help uh, tremendously. Now, um, you know, you mentioned you're, you're from West Virginia originally. Um, 
they typically have a really solid football program. You know, at some point to get considered by Penn State, who was um, the, by the time you know you arrived in State College, was kind of a perennial powerhouse. Yeah. When, when did you started to get you know those kind of looks? Because you know, from what you're saying, you you might have been you know uh, satisfied with going to West Virginia University, but now you know Penn State comes a knocking, and who's not going to listen you know to that? Uh, you know, pitch to to go to okay. Happy Valley. So, you know, like when did that occur for you in in high school? That, that that hey, the recruiting started to get really serious. Okay, my uh, that's a very good, that's a great question. My uh, my English teacher, God bless her soul. Her name was her name was Libby McKinney. She, she passed, but she became my uh, designated uh, agent at the time, PR person at the time. And uh, she took it upon herself. And I asked her, I said, hey, you know, I'm filling out all these forms and I don't know what I'm doing here. Could you help me out? Because I was getting forms from, you know, inquiries from a, a number of schools. So she helped take that, that off my back. And then in the meanwhile, he uh, had, uh, being an English teacher, wrote Joe Paterno a letter uh, and sent him some clippings. And then uh, he sent down a guy by the name of Tim Curley, who was my my dear friend, the athletic director for a number of years at Penn State. Uh, and uh, I met him uh, along with a, a few other coaches uh, from uh, from uh, Pitt. Jackie Sherrill came down, Tom Osborne came down, and et cetera, et cetera. So I was fortunate enough my senior year to put the numbers up so that it – it, it allowed me to have more lookers, uh, on-seers uh, at mm-hmm. that particular time than probably I would I would have ever even imagined. Okay, I, I would have never imagined that. You know, I'm going to play yeah. and see what happens. That's kind of where it was, and it happened big, and especially for a little town in, in uh, Wyoming County, Pineville, West Virginia population of maybe a thousand twelve hundred people uh and uh, we were getting a lot of, of of activity in that particular area it was a lot of fun yeah, uh, yeah. you mentioned some brand names uh, you know back in the day if, if people follow college football jackie Carroll, uh, uh tom <laughs> yeah. osborne who then later i met yeah. tom osborne he was a member of Congress later on after he uh, coached, uh, you know, Nebraska. But some really okay. solid, you know, and of course, yeah. uh, co- you know, Coach Coach Paterno, Coach you know, Paterno. as, as yeah. yeah, as well. Now, in a couple conversations that we've had, you talked about the influence of, you know, you know, Coach Paterno um, and and Coach Knox over at the Seahawks as being, you know men who really influenced you. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, you know, here's the commonalities uh, with, with, with these guys. They were, they set the culture, number one, and it it was applicable to everyone. Uh, They didn't deviate because of your grades or your grade point average or because you didn't come into camp ready to go and chase. Uh, You're not a good citizen, et cetera, et cetera. 
those are the kind of things that you could you could you could see and hear about, but to see them executed is a whole different ball game. And that's what Coach Paterno did. Uh, if the fairness about Joe Paterno is the fact that he was fair. And I may not have liked some of the conversations that I had with him when he was chewing me out, but you know what? Those are life lessons you just have to deal with because at, at the time, I probably deserved it. Uh, but as far as him doing what he says he's going to do, he did exactly what he he did things more than I thought he was going to do with regards to situations that may have occurred. And I, I won't mention any names, but he <laughs> did what he said he was going to do. And you have to respect that. Uh, and it's unfortunate that um, that this whole thing about uh, Jerry Sandusky and it's unfortunate because the guy is, you know, he's the winningest coach in college football. And uh, I, I have the utmost respect for Coach Paterno. Yeah. Now, I'm going to fast forward and a, a lot of miles traveled, you know, with the okay. you know amount of football you played in, in, in college. But I'm going to fast forward because we only have a certain amount of time on the podcast to the okay. NFL draft. And just out of curiosity, now it's not like uh, it is today. You you didn't go up and hug the commissioner, but uh, I am interested to know, like, what did you know in terms of the lead up to the draft? Like, did you know Seattle was interested? Did you know you were going to go that high? Because I think you were behind what uh, only John Elway, Elway and Eric Dickerson El- and Dickerson, Elway, right? Elway Dickerson. Some. Oh, have you seen Elway to Marino? You seen that or not? Oh, but uh, yeah, you know yeah. ESPN Elway to, yeah. to Marino. Yes, yeah. Yep. I was mentioned a couple times in there because my agent was Marvin Demo. Okay, same agent as Elway's agent. So, yeah, I, I, there was no fanfare to to right. um, to, to what happened. Uh, I had met Chuck Knox. In State College, he and, he and his dear wife, Shirley, because Chuck is from Twigley, Pennsylvania, grew up in Twigley, Pennsylvania, and he always talked about how, you know, he would reference it from time to time, but he came up to, to State College, we had lunch, we talked, and, you know, yeah, oh, do you want to play for me? Sure, yeah, sure, okay, Brown, <laughs> Josh, let's go, right, so, yeah. I guess I must have made a pretty good impression during that conversation. And I didn't think much of it afterwards, right? I just didn't think much of it. Okay, right. yeah, Chuck Knox. All right. I went back and did a little research. And he does like to run that football. Okay, that's fine. We could work. But I had no idea that Seattle was going to go from from the ninth position to the three position. Uh, right. Until maybe, I don't know, probably a couple of days before where my agent called and said, hey, you need to come out here to California. I think you're going to Seattle. Well, that sounds like we're going to Seattle because he's probably already made the deal by the time I figured it out. So right. that's that's kind of what happened. And uh, and, I'm, and I've been out here ever since. So it was a good career. We had a, we had a good football team. We uh, won some games. And uh, it was uh, it was well worth the uh, – 
the venture, I guess. Yeah, and and going from you know Penn State uh, environment to you know the the West Coast, although I think that was in the heyday of the the Kingdom, so that oh, place yeah. was yeah. No, notoriously loud. Uh, it, it sounded like a great uh, football environment in those days. Well, we did the wave. If you've heard of that or saw that, you probably remember the wave. That's kind of where right. it started. It, but I think it actually started at, at the UW. University of Washington, and then it translated over to us. But man, that was fun. That crowd would just go crazy. They started doing the wave, and you couldn't hear anything. And and that's I mean, literally, you couldn't hear anything. And then the Raiders would come in town, and they would start griping about, "Oh, it's too loud. Oh, I can't hear." And blah blah blah. And like, hey, you know, come on. It, well, that's there the whole point of it, right? As, uh, <laughs> no, you you watch the ball. Hello, yeah. you, you. That's how you play it. You go ball key. If you can't hear, but no, they started screaming, and then the refs would threaten to uh, give us a 15-yard penalty if um, if they don't quiet down. And that didn't work. They just got even louder. <laughs> so I think the NFL, and this is what I heard. I don't know for sure, but they talked to the Seahawks. I think sometime in the offseason. I don't know. Maybe it could be hearsay, but. What what they said was, and which made sense to the NFL, that these are the NFL fans. Why are you trying to keep them quiet? Right. This, this doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And then it's kind of like, yeah, let them scream. And then from that point on, that year, well, I don't know what year it was, but they didn't say anything about it. It's like, hey, you've got to deal with it. You're, you're professionals. Ball key. If you can't, you can't hear yourself, that's your problem. Not my problem. We're going to use our fans to help us win the game. Right, here you go. The 12th man. Hawks, yeah. they, they like to run that. But that was a uh, well, Texas A&M thing, the 12th. The 12, now they just call them the 12th. That is the 12th man. Yeah. Now, now, uh, funny you mentioned that, you know, the Raiders were complaining about that. But I, I would have to imagine that uh, – Playing down there because you played twice a year, home and away on the Coliseum, right? The, right. That, yeah, at the Coliseum. W- whatever field, whatever called the field down there, wasn't the greatest, you know, surface for you to play on down in Oakland. No, actually, no. We were in we were in the L.A. Coliseum. We were in L.A. Oh, you was, so they were in L.A. at the time. Okay. LA, did you ever play up LA in Oakland? Raiders. I did not play in Oakland. No, I okay. did not. Yeah. We would have beat yeah. him in Oakland too, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> didn't didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, didn't no, matter. you're right. Now I'm thinking about it. That's when Al Davis pulled up sticks and said, "I'm going to go to L.A. for I I don't know what 15 and years Al or so." Al Davis pulled up the sticks. What a you know what you know I I had a chance to meet Al Davis on the field one day. You know because he likes to he come out there he'd stand around and just stare people down and trying to intimidate everybody. <laughs> and finally I went over there and just said, Al, I said, Al. Have your big guys, your defensive guys, take it easy on me today, Al. Okay, I got a little bump here, a little nick here. Tell you guys, take it easy on me. And from that day on, every time I saw him, he would just have a a brief conversation. But what a nice gentleman! What a nice guy! That's great. That's great. Now I'm, I'm going to touch on one one piece, and then I want to get into a little bit of more of the NFL films. You know, piece on you okay. with. with you know, your family and stuff, but okay. folk, 
listening to podcasts might not know you were offensive rookie of the year in the yep. NFL. And then game one, I believe, of your second year, 84. you injured your knee. In, in nice, right. yeah. So you injured your knee, right? Yep. Yep. And of course, exactly. with that came adversity. Uh, obviously, back then, the surgeries weren't the same as they, they are now. And I remember you in the NFL film saying, you know, you try to get back to 100%, but you're not going to be the same. Although you did have a, another year, um, you know, pretty similar. Pretty year. Yeah. 85, 86, yeah, to, 87, decent years. Yeah, to, to, similar to your rookie year. But I, I guess from a mental standpoint, which most people might not know, did the injury af- affect you? And, you know, in terms of longevity, um, did that impact your career ultimately? Okay, let, I'll sum it up for you fairly quickly. 85, I came back and uh, I, I, I felt fine. I, my doctor, Dr. Scranton said, hey, your your knee is good. It's stable. I fixed it. Okay. Now, uh, the only thing I could do was trust the fact that he did fix it. And he has, because my knee is, I'm still, you know, I'm, I don't limping around. It's still working fairly well. Uh-huh. Uh, but he said, I fixed your knee. The rest is on you. What are you going to do? I didn't say anything. I just looked at him like, go away. But, uh, <laughs> he was, he was, he was dead on. And uh, so 85, I, I, I came back, started playing, had to wear a brace for a little while. And I remember specifically, and you're talking about the psychological thing, because there's always a psychological thing in the back of your mind until you get hit on that knee and then you go, okay, I'm fine. So that's what exactly what happened. One of those aha kind of moments where we were in uh, Washington playing the Redskins. And then my knee, this, this knee brace just broke. I had, a, had an extra one, but I hated that knee brace. It's about midway through the season. I did not like that knee brace. I don't like to use the word hate. I just, I had a very dislike for that knee brace. Mm-hmm. It broke. I took it off. I said, I don't want the other brace. I don't want it. And then let's see, uh, two plays later, I got hit on the knee, square on the knee. Boom. And then I got up. And I kind of shook my leg a little bit and said, hmm, okay, I think I'm okay. And then from that point on, the mental, that little last mental piece that was lagging out there went away. And then from that, from that time on, I started, I went back at it again. So, yeah, physically, you know, there were some ups and downs. Mentally, there are ups and downs. But at some point, you go, okay. I can play. I'm okay. And uh, that's kind of the gist of that story. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you know, we've talked a lot of football on this podcast, but, you know, after you've had life after football. Um, one of the reasons you're right. coming and talk to us, you know, in, in, in Pittsburgh, uh, owned a car dealership. Now you're working, you know, for, for Keystone Insurance Group. Keystone. Um, Great company. But, yeah, and, and and the other thing is you're very uh you know fair family oriented, um and that came out in in the video you know as well. So obviously there are life lessons you learned on the gridiron that you've taken forward yep. um in in the your professional and your personal uh, lives. Um, without going right. too much into detail because we're all really excited for you to come 
speak as our, our keynote in Pittsburgh. Um, can, can you summarize, you know, briefly for us, um, you know, how you made that evolution from, from the gridiron to now Kurt Warner, businessman and family man? Well, I can tell you, let me, let me just say this, and I'll make it real quick. If I were making the money that they're making right now, you and I wouldn't be having that money. We wouldn't be having this conversation because I would have probably not done the business thing and all the other stuff because they're paying these guys a lot of money. But be that as it may, <laughs> right? Uh, when you retire or they ask you to leave, uh, it, it's time to go find something else to do. And, uh, you know, that's what I had to do. Although I did not like being fired or told that my mm-hmm. services were no longer needed. Uh, that's just a part of the NFL. They, they, what did they say about the NFL? It stands for not for long. So right. That's just how it works. And it was an eye opener. It was uh, one of those things where you go, okay, I, I can't play anymore. Now what, what am I going to do now? So one thing kind of led to another, uh, started doing some research and uh, decided to become a, a business owner uh, through the minority uh, developmental uh, minority development uh, 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 through General Motors and uh, kind of one thing led, led to another. So is there anything else I'm missing on that one? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Kurt, you know, we're excited for you to um, be in Pittsburgh to give the, the keynote. So, um, we're glad that you took a few minutes out of your day to, to, to speak on the, on the podcast. Um, you know, for folks You're who welcome. haven't, uh, yeah, for folks who haven't seen the video and we've circulated around, um, do take a minute to, um, to watch the video, uh, that NFL films did on, on Kurt Warner. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, really insightful. Um, I applaud you for, you know, opening yourself up you know, um, in terms of not just on the football field, but yeah. also your personal life there too, because I think it is incredibly inspiring, um, you know, your, your story and, and glad that you're, uh, sharing it. Um, as we close the, you know, the podcast, um, outside of coach coaches, Knox and Paterno, is there anybody else, you know, you would m- mention up there as being a great, um, I don't know if I want to use the word mentor, but um, an individual who really helped you along in your career that you can think of. I don't know about coach-wise, but uh, I I tell you who who I still have the utmost respect for, and that's Fran Ganna, uh, my my Penn State running back coach. Uh, I still uh, chat with him from time to time. We reminisce about this, that, and the other. So he's been... uh, He's been a really good person to to stay in touch with. Um, as far as the other coaches, uh, not really. You know, when I see them out, maybe I'll see them in a at a golf tournament or something where we're we're out uh, just kind of having some fun for the day. Uh, I, that happens from time to time, but uh, I, I wish I I wish I had more. To, to say about that side of it, but I mean, you, you, you get on with life, get married, have kids, right. and uh, kind of go from there. And it's not a bad thing. It's actually it's probably a pretty good thing. You, you grow up a little bit more, and I love my family dearly. I, I've got a couple of guys with autism, and uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, 
there's a lot of other families uh, that are having to to deal with uh, uh, young adults or, or children who have autism, uh, and um, being aboard the of the uh, National Autism Society of America, uh, I get an opportunity to uh, to hear and listen and take in some of the things that are going on uh, with families uh, across America. Well, once again, our guest at NSTA, the bus stop, it's Kurt Warner, Kurt with a C, Director of Sales, Property, and Casualty, Keystone Insurance Group. Kurt is a college football Hall of Famer, former Penn State and Seattle Seahawks running back. Kurt, thanks so much, not only for taking a few minutes for this podcast, but we're also really excited to have you keynote uh, our annual meeting oh, convention in Pittsburgh. You are, you are thanks very for welcome. Taking a couple we can minutes. Do, hey, we can do Kurt and Kurt anytime. <laughs> well, I'm going to take you up on that because uh, <laughs> we just scratched the surface on 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 some things uh, uh, with oh, yeah. respect Kurt, to Kurt. Uh, Kurt. Well, we, we might as well yeah. see if we can make that work. To the Kurt with the C, <laughs> not the Kurt with the K. Exactly. So, yeah, we can make a run well, well, at two it. of us. Two of us. The two of us combined would be uh, better <laughs> than the the Kurt with the K. That's what I would say. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you say it. One of the cursors <laughs> saying that is, is saying that. So I, I I'll just hide behind you when there's all okay. that backlash coming. I'm like, oh, it wasn't me. It was another cursor. I was, hey, I'm a nice. That's great. Well, thanks I, so much I again, and uh, okay, and and really looking forward to seeing you in Pittsburgh. Right, I look forward to it as well.